You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, uh, j- before we start, do you want to just talk about Ratatouille? What about how, it? How the movie? You... It was really good. Yeah, the movie, Ratatouille, with the rat. It was the really kitchen. good. And do you have a point to this no. little discussion? No, that, well, this week we decided to, uh, we usually talk about food at the end, but I thought we would talk about ratatouille at the beginning. Uh, we tried ratatouille. I tried to make ratatouille. That's what Now, you- I have had ratatouille in the past and really loved it. Ooh, because you've been to France. Yeah, I actually had it in France, actually. I know. And I loved it, right? So how could I possibly compare to that? Well, this one, <laughs> what you made... Are you going to say something that might hurt my feelings? I don't think it'll hurt your feelings because I think you, you agree. <laughs> I think you're right. It tasted right. like ass. It tasted... <laughs> no, no. I disagree. The eggplant tasted like ass and the tomatoey stuff was really good. The tomatoey stuff was just like... I mean, it was just nice toma- just tomatoey sauce, tomato but sauce. it was good. I mean, if you I pulled out the eggplant, which tasted like... <laughs> old man's ass. I think I don't know what an old man's. I actually ass said like. to you, did you include the actual <laughs> ingredients of rat in the, in this? Because it does taste like that. <laughs> I read about it, and a lot of people have the same problem. Bitter. If anybody eggplant. has any tips for making cooking dra- eggplant, don't tell me about the draining thing with the salt because I did that. Cut it up, put it in a sieve, put the salt on it, let it drain, rinsed it off, cooked it, blah blah blah, and it wasn't very good. Tasted like a rat. It tasted, it tasted I don't like know. a. It tasted like a sour rat. Have you also had a rat in <laughs> yes. France? Because I haven't had a rat. It tasted but... like a sour rat. It was like it was weird. It almost tasted like lemon when you were eating the. Um, it was really bitter. Really me. bitter and sour. Anyway, we digress. So it's uh, a. <laughs> no, some... that's where we started. We could only. <laughs> it's go su- up from Sunday, it. March the eighth, two thousand and nine. This is after the show number sixty six zero. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, we're going to be looking at the movie Milk. This week, we had a joke this week that it, this was the dairy podcast. It was going to be dairy podcast, but... Because we're looking at the movie Milk and we were making some special cheese, but we didn't make this... Spe- <laughs> making some special cheese sounds, sounds rude, doesn't it? <laughs> I was going to make paneer, which is Indian cheese, and I got all the ingredients, but then today, even after I got the cheesecloth, I was like, do I really want to try this today? I'm not really in the that motivational. But anyway, we digress. Again? <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to get to the end of this show, are we? Anyway. <laughs> we already had a two-hour discussion about moving our office around before we got to this. So. Okay, so we're looking at the movie Milk, the Oscar-winning Milk. Um, it's a Blu-ray release and a DVD release, but we're looking at the Blu-ray version. It's a 2008 movie. It comes out this Tuesday, March the 10th, so you can pick it up tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's Monday. Kind of tomorrow, because <laughs> by the time this is up, it will be Monday. All right. Alright, so, uh, and this is from Universal Studios, and you're going to tell us the synopsis of Milk. It is a movie about a man named Harvey Milk, who was in California in the late 70s, and was a gay rights activist, who, from the movie, I mean, you get the, a slight, you don't get the story of his life, or anything like that, you don't get, like, his childhood, or even delve deep into his personal life, really. It's more about his activism, and how he played a key role in getting on the political table issues of gay rights, uh, you know, civil rights or um, personal rights, not getting fired from your job because you're gay, that kind of thing. The first in the country ever. 
and it's all that's all it is. It's very bare bones in that way. It follows that those last the years from him beginning to be an activist and through the end of the movie. Okay, yeah, so that's what it's about. Um, this was this won some Oscars the other week. Uh, we we're probably on. We didn't see all the Oscar nominated films, and we're likely to Catching see them on. now over the next because they're starting to be released. And this is one thing I said. This this seemed to the amount of extras on this disc it seemed like this one might have been a bit rushed to get it out after you know so it's in people's minds mm-hmm. but anyway Milt what do you, I think personally I really like um, true true biography it's a biography I would say mm-hmm. kind of dramography <laughs> it's something uh, don't make a drama dramatization drama, it's a dramatization <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to say that dramatization a dramatization of a person's life. Yeah, okay. some events in his life. So, which is always subject to Hollywood interpretation. Oh, of a young man wrote the screenplay, who was, I would say, enamored with it. It's a young man who's gay and who, after reading and hearing about Harvey Milk's story, and was a, he was a writer. I mean, he's young now. He won. That's what won the Academy Awards, right? Was the um, screenplay. So he wrote. And Sean Penn, right? The screenplay. Based on like if his own enthusiasm for the story and wanting it to get out, you know, get it heard and retell it and everything, so he, it's um, going to have a little bit of. I don't know. It doesn't feel very, um, you know, flowered up or anything like that. I was expecting that a little bit, but I what I really got out of the movie was you don't get a lot of who he is. You do glimmers of him, I think. You see some of his personal life. Which, a little bit. Which I thought worked really well. But it was everything you learn about him is all through his activism and through the, how he cared about people and not letting people, like, fall through the cracks kind of thing. And that's really, I mean, I, that's what I really love about the movie. It focuses on that only. And his political, you know, what he's trying to do politically to get in the eye, public eye and all that stuff. So, And I enjoyed it thoroughly. The guy who wrote the screenplay, Dustin Lance Black... Um, is actually he was born in 1974, so he's a little mm. bit older than I thought. I th- he looked at I, I swear yeah. he was about 22. Seriously? Yeah. So no, he's wow. He's only seven years younger than me. Yeah. Dang. And he's up. He's up. Um, 8.9 percent in popularity <laughs> since last week, according to IMDb. In the world, or just yeah. on IMDb? So anyway, um, milk. Uh, like I say, like I was saying, I do really like stories of people's lives. And I literally have no idea about this story. I didn't know this guy existed. I know nothing about the gay um, marches and stuff in San Francisco in the 70s. I actually have never never looked into this part of history. No idea that it ever happened. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry for sounding very ignorant. No, me, I agree. I'm but totally most there. of the things I learn, I learn from movies. And I feel that that's a fabulous <laughs> part of being into movies because I feel that you learn a lot of stuff. And even if you're, even if you can't say, oh, I learn all about this guy from well, this movie. Well, but factual, you do learn a lot. This movie, it does consist of factual yes, stuff. Yes, he so. existed, this is what he did, and this then if I want to take that knowledge and go, wow, I'm going to look into this. Which I do, often. Yeah, totally. And then you do, you can investigate things for yourself, and I think, uh, I didn't know it, it, about, it about any of it either. So, because in 1970 through 1978, I was just a kid. Yeah, and uh, it, you know. I was a kid in the Midwest, so and I had three channels on my TV. Chances are my local news didn't cover... Chances are you were looking at gay activist rights. No, I was not. I unfortunately was raised in a very 
uh, let's show we say non-expansive kind of mentality. So let's explain. Let's explain here. Um, there's a lot of people in this country still who do not like gay people, black people, whatever, any minority. Maybe me, English people. True. Um, or maybe people. you. How about fat people? Yeah, fat people. <laughs> Are you saying you're a fat per- person? <laughs> Are you saying I'm not? <laughs> Ooh, Loaded good question. question. Okay, so... Oh my god, that's Anyway, hysterical. what I was saying is, there's a lot of people out there who don't like gay people still to this day, right? Um, I'm not a gay person. I have nothing against anybody, to be honest. This is my... My outlook on life is, we're all people. We all, we all do different things and, you know, sexuality absolutely means nothing, in my opinion. It's, it means nothing if you... Well, it does if you're having it off with a dog or a... Then it shouldn't be. Or we child. shouldn't support that. No, of yeah, course not. What I'm saying is, it we're talking about making choices yeah, that, yeah. as an adult person, and I said after we watched the movie, and I was just sort of sitting there thinking, like, I actually can't understand. Mm. I can't understand it even a tiny bit. It actually, how it could matter to anyone. Nobody comes up to me at work or in the grocery store, or if you and I are in the grocery store or Best Buy together or something like that. They don't come up to us and go like. What do you guys do in your bedroom, huh? What do you guys no. do behind closed doors? It's no. nobody's business. Now, I have experienced this because when I was about 17, I dated a black girl. And I got a lot of shit. Did you really? Uh, random shit in the street where I would get yelled at. And random shit from friends who I thought were friends who were probably not. You know? And that just... You can't... Like, I cannot get my mind around it. I can't, no matter how hard I try. I was raised in a very racist kind of mentality. You know, not like skinheads and shit. But I'm just saying that general, like it's acceptable in that kind of, I'm not even going to characterize it because I might offend somebody. But I'm just saying, I was raised in that. That if you weren't white, middle class, even if you were white and rich, there was something wrong with you. You must be crooked, you must be a liar, you've got to be a thief. Right. So there was a bias against everything except middle class, white, working class, drink at the bar every night kind of people. And, uh, you know, it's hard. Now, I think back, how did I come out of that wondering, how can people be prejudiced? I do not understand. I mean, I actually I could, don't. I, I, I mean, the sexuality. I'm talking yeah. about sexuality. And, right. and, and it race. prejudice in that, because it race. absolutely doesn't matter. Race. How good... How does that tell you anything about... It? Yes, we have different cultures it's, and stuff. It's just completely superficial, isn't it? Yeah. The whole thing. The and whole thing sex. is based on... Yeah, and that's superficial, too. Like, um, So, like, it's fine to, you know, have sex... Like, like a guy who would be like, oh, gay people, I want to burn them all. Mm-hmm. Would be like... Oh, it's fine to have, like, anal sex with my girlfriend. But they have anal sex and they're both men. So that's, like, fucked up or something. It's actually the same thing. And I'm going to take another step further and probably offend some people. But it's okay. If you were to question some dude who's like, Faggots, queers, bells are burning hell, whatever. And you turn around and say, You know what? I might have a question for you. Have you ever made a woman have sex with you when she didn't really want to? And they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'd be like, no, seriously. Have you ever made your girlfriend or done anything to your girlfriend or your wife that she didn't want done, but you made her because you're the man and she's the woman? You know what I mean? Like, that seems acceptable. Behind closed doors, it's fine to do that. 
But then I just don't get it. I do not get but it. it. But taking away, like, yeah, this movie is, you know, the the most of the characters are gay. Um, there's a there's parts in it that there's one one particular part that made, which is why I found that uh, prejudice and stuff makes me wince. I, f- I find it really uncomfortable. And there's one actually particular scene it's right near the beginning, where Harvey Milk was opening his he was opening a camera store in um in a street in San Francisco and a guy come across the road to speak to the you know they stood outside the store admiring the store it's just about to open guy comes across kind of like oh this guy's going to be inviting us yep. uh, uh, sort of welcoming us to the town with a weird friendliness about and he him. reaches and Harvey Milk reaches his hand out to shake his hand the guy actually shakes his hand but then when Harvey Milk pulls the hand away the guy gets his handkerchief out and wipes his hand off did you notice that? No, I didn't. It was it was horrible. I, I was I was watching it and thinking, wow. and, then, and then the guy proceeds to be rude in a night in that weird. But he wiped way. his hand with his handkerchief, and I thought it was like a real like it made me wince. I was like, and yeah, I know in them days it was like that, but it's like that today too. Well, watching the footage in the movie, there's footage of lots of um, footage of it, um, like archival stuff. Yeah, what was her name? I can't remember now. Something Bryant, um, the orange juice lady. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anita Bryant saying things like, you know, about God and preservation of family values and the evils of the world masquerading as something good and stuff. And I'm just like, people buy that shit? Oh, they seriously. do totally buy that shit. Because I mean, they're, they're pretty much on her side to start with, aren't they? A lot of people. So. Because to what end? There is no end to it. To what there? end do people want everybody to be the same fucking way? Everybody wants everybody to, like, grow up, get their little stupid job, marry their stupid little spouse, have their stupid little children, have their stupid little grandchildren, and then die. With absolutely no variety whatsoever, so that everybody's comfortable and happy. That's not happy. That's bullshit. But that's the vibe you get. You, I got. That's how intense it made me so irritated, the thought that people sit at home watching that kind of shit on TV. Even now, there are going to be people... Who rile up people on that kind of vibe, right? And this is the 21st oh, century. Not, yeah. And they're sitting at home shaking their heads. Yeah. Evil. It's evil to be gay. It's 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 bad that the, the black people are getting jobs. It's it's not fair that the black people can move into my neighborhood. It's it's not right that, that my, my son's teacher is is a gay uh, what? <laughs> I mean seriously, why don't you switch that off but- and move on to something that actually affects your life? Oh, it riles me up. Yeah, well, take, you know, <laughs> let's take away the... Okay, we know this movie is about um, gay rights. Mm. And, and in that comes, like, haters and all that stuff. But what I really admired about the movie and what I really liked is... Uh, not talking about the performances, because we'll go on to those later. Is Harvey Milk's character, his actual... I liked his attitude. He had a real, like... People are dickheads and 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 you know against gay and all that but i just rise above all that like that's that's how he struck me like somebody who just takes it all on the chin and just moves forward all the time with his cause you know kind of like why am i about you all are gonna be so wrapped up in your hatred and your closed-mindedness and it doesn't and i'm just going to pass on by you and move on up the food chain here and i'm gonna make it so that people like Kind of like tortoise and the hare kind of story, isn't it? All the haters and the people trying to hold him down. He just kind of goes on around him. And then in the end, he's the one making an impact Mm -hmm. on the world for better. 
and they're all just look like dickheads. Like I mean, it's said. a big deal. Like, um, yeah. like because some of those people who were interviewed and stuff compare him to like their Martin Luther King. Right. They which, literally which, say that. Which is totally. I can see that. Or you know, I can totally see that because if you're a gay person who was living then. Or a new, you know, a gay person who lives now. But you're a gay person who's living then and you experienced all that. And then today's world is a lot different. A lot more acceptable, I think. Even though, yeah, it's still going to be oh, of full course. of hatred. It's still full of hatred. But, but still, but... a bit better, I, I think. Well, maybe. Um, we don't live that. We don't live on that side of it. Hopefully a bit better. I mean, I, I feel... I don't know. Oh, we... well, this is a small example and it sounds really ridiculous, right? But if I'm at work and I have been in a situation where a bunch of... Men, no offense, but they've got their closed little minds and they start making some joke, somebody on TV or that that fag from that group or whatever, and they'll say it. And I have no problem. And seriously, in the conversation, talking like that, and I'll say to them, what is your problem? First of all, it's inappropriate at work. And let's just start there. Yeah. yeah. Second of all, what what makes you think it's, it's fine to just blow up? What, why... I can't change them, right? But if you don't... If I were just to kind of meekly go off in the corner and like, well, like, just let them work it out and they'll stop talking about it sooner or later. No, no, no. I have no problem standing and saying like... Or they'll make a joke and, and make fun of somebody. Not just not just homosexuality, race, women, whatever. I say... And I mean, maybe this is the inappropriate response. I'm like, do you know what an asshole you sound like right now? Seriously. Well, yeah, people. You, uh, my respect for you just dropped, like, totally. And you get a lot of looks. You get a lot of rolling eyes. And I do. I've had people just roll their eyes at me, like, whatever. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it kind of goes into another thing, you know, just being a woman, even. You get weird. Well, what are you, on the rag? Like, What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like the prejudice thing, it goes so deep. Oh, it's in everything, people. yeah. But yeah. So let's discuss. I don't think we can real spoil like something that's real life, can we? No. I'm this movie. Much well, let's just say that this movie actually starts with the Harvey Milk guy sat at a table, recording into a microphone um, a passage that he's saying that should only be listened to after, in the event of his death by assassination. So you pretty much, you know, yeah. right on the table that, you know, even if you know nothing about Harvey Milk, it's probably going to come to a bad <laughs> end, this guy, you know? So we can put that on the table. Yeah. So, and and it's, I, I really like how they did it. It was told, like, he's reading into this microphone and then it's flashing back. I, I know we've seen that kind of thing before, mm-hmm. but it, I thought it was really well executed. Um, there wasn't a time where I didn't believe it was 1970s. Oh, no. Everything. Look beautiful. Yeah, Absolutely beautiful. Even the, even the film stock, I believe, he did something with the... Even... It looked like a 70s movie. Like like it was brown and... You know, you've seen <laughs> 70s movies. They're not quite as colourful as today's movies. It's... And not as sharp. But it's, it's quite, not... Yeah, I really liked how it looked, though. There was a lot of grain, and that really makes it feel older. I think you must have super eyesight. I don't see grain. Oh, there was plenty of grain on this film. <laughs> Um, Honestly, I didn't. And a lot of the archival footage that's interspersed into the movie too, real footage of these events. Yep. You know they play they they play across like real old footage. You know because it's it is the old footage. Yeah. But, um, I really liked the look of the whole movie. I thought it looked, you know, cinematography wise, looked 
just perfect for the... Yeah, there were so many shots I was really admire. Some really... You're, like, really in the distance of two people, but you get, like, a... I don't even know. It's, like, a wide shot, and yet in the very middle of the screen, you've got two people having a conversation fairly far away from you, which isn't that common. These days, it seems like everybody wants to zoom in and get really close-ups. Yeah, this this is more like, boom, you get a great big scene of a big stairway, and then in the very middle... And kind of small and far away, you got the two people talking, and there's like consistently with that mixed with some close-ups. Mixed yeah, yeah, and there's with some, some interesting scenes where. Um, I mean, we'll get to Gus Van Sant, but I mean, I think it's beautiful. Looks there's beautiful. some interesting scenes where he doesn't have any light in the room hardly at all, mm-hmm. as well, which I really like. Kind of Godfatherish, yep. where it's just like, like he's a, on the phone. Maybe that one maybe time. he's look, yeah, or maybe they're looking through a small crack in the door, but there's just a, a thin bar of something going on. And then one particular scene which I really thought was cool was uh, where it was all the whole scene was taking place inside a cop's whistle that had fell oh, on yeah. the ground that looked really nice because that was like the scene seems a bit odd because you're looking into this into the side of one of those shiny like a policeman's reflection. whistles yeah and the the whole scene takes place in that and then the then the whistle gets picked up you know there's interesting yeah. stuff like that wait wait like you don't think of it when you're watching it but then when you think, think of it as a whole, it. you think, wow, there's some interesting stuff there. So, But it's not like style over substance, because you do get a lot of no. just straight up long shots or two shots that are just totally, what do you call them, narrative? Yeah, shots, just, just, just telling plain. you the story. And then when the situation calls for it, I think he's just real intuitive like that, Mr. Vincent. Yeah. I don't know who his cinematographer is, but I mean, this it looks really nice. And some of, the, some of my favorite scenes in the movie were the um, Harvey Milk where he does his uh, speeches and gets up in front of... Mm-hmm. Now, they re- they'd really done those, like the one that was on the town hall steps with the loads of people there. That was very authentic, I thought. And it was really interesting because somebody gave him like a note that said, uh, a postcard that said, as soon as you stand up on the stage, we're going to... The first bullet will, bullet will hit you when you get to yeah. the microphone. And he said, oh, our campaign's working there. Yeah. That was yeah. another scene I thought was really... There's a lot of like little... You know, I don't. I was trying not to talk about the actors, but it's really difficult. So yeah. I think we should go on to the actors. Okay. So the cast of the movie is uh, Harvey Milk's played by Sean Penn. I think he won an Oscar for it. I think he did. Um, I think it's right. Absolutely uh, warranted the Oscar. <laughs> totally. I mean, I was thinking, and I was thinking. I, th- I also think Mickey Rock would be warranted for the Oscar too. Totally. Because these two roles, you know, they're two very different. You know, there's. The wrestler and the Harvey Milk guy. Two very different people, but I think those actors really got into it. Like, you know? Anyway, Harvey Milk, how he portrays it. It's subtle, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's... It's like, we watch... We have watched thousands of movies in our lives. Different ones, every kind. And sometimes you watch a movie and just think... Sometimes you watch a movie where the writing is just... It makes you, like, beam with pride because you can say, I like good movies, you know, like... And then other times I'm watching people and I'm just thinking, this is a guy and his job, chosen profession, is to be an actor, to portray stories and tell stories about people, sometimes real people or whatever, and Sean Penn particularly has told stories about some very intense people. And I watch him and think of him just as a guy and this is his job, and he pulls it off in a way that just makes me like... 
that's that's like looking at artwork that I am I just fall in love with because he's like and I can't explain it. It's just intangible quality. I don't even know. I what would I'm describe saying. it. As I'm just rambling. He's like a craftsman entirely. Because um, you know you've seen Sean Penn in lots of things. I, I feel like I know who Sean Penn is as Sean Penn. You know because I've seen a lot of interviews and things with him. And this isn't Sean Penn. It's like he's actually channeling somebody completely. Because mm. you actually forget it's Sean Penn. I did. Oh, totally. So, I mean, some people can't detach. Yeah, it's not I surface. Totally... It's, it's, it, yeah, I agree. And, and, and you, you know, it's not as simple as, oh, he plays a real good gay guy because he's, like, kind no. of flamboyant. No, it's not like that. Not at all. Harvey Milk's not actually that flamboyant. It's more... He's not even at all, really. He's just... A little bit, maybe. Maybe. I mean, just in his... More so, and this is another testament to Sean Penn, more so in the intimate scenes where he's with his lovers. Yes, I agree. Where he's, the public face is off, so he's just an intimate moment. Yeah, and when he's facing the political thing, he reins it in, but it's still there. Because in reality, that is who he is. It isn't a thing, you know, people think when you see someone who's flamboyant or as some people would say maybe swish and I don't know if that's a bad word or a good word but I mean you know what I'm saying the word swish you know where somebody's a man who is more effeminate or whatever they think it's put on no I I think it's no not at all it's the same as some macho dickhead who you know crushes beer kids against his head is that put on possibly part of it but then that is also who he is just some macho-ish sort of (laughs) (laughs) monkey Uh, you know but in this it's like he has the tiniest bit here and there and it could be anything from just the way he tilts his head to his anything it was brilliant I was watching in awe in fact I would watch it again and just focus more on him again because there's no doubt he's one of the great um, directing and acting because we saw Into the Wild just a while ago which I also think was genius, like and and Emil Hirsch was in it, and he was really coming. That was my little uh, oh segue. Segue. <laughs> well, I can't see the print, the things. So. so second in the movie is Emil Hirsch's Cleve Jones. Now, um, Emil Hirsch was in Into the Wild, which was directed by Sean Penn, which I think was amazing as well. It was. In fact, looking, I thought it was amazing the day I watched it, and then the further I get away from it, the better I think it is. If you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. Um, so Emil Hirsch in this. Actually, so someday you'll like that ratatouille that I made. Is that what you're saying? No. Never. <laughs> so anyway... Well, I digress. I think Emile Hirsch will possibly turn out to be a Sean Penn of... In the... You know... He's quality, Somebody man. who gets... So is Franco. Well, yeah. Well, well but Emile Hirsch... <laughs> you, you like to skip ahead. No, I'm not skipping ahead. I'm saying... I'm, we're talking about But anyway, Emile there. Hirsch. We're talking about Emile Hirsch. Okay. Um, Focus. I feel that he... Uh, you know... He was into the wild. He was amazing. I thought he was really good in Ghost Dog, even though, you know, people probably wouldn't find that movie to be great. I thought he was good in it. I loved it. No, Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog. Yeah, Ghost Dog Ghost was... Dog. That's the Forest Whitaker. Yeah, that was really good, too. That was good, too. But, yeah, um, Ghost Dog, he was good in... I really thought was, Into the Wild was, like... Girl Next Door. Girl Next Door was when I first saw him. And I, I know The Girl Next Door is a fluffy movie, but I thought he was really good in that, too. Um, but in this... He doesn't seem to age. No, he really doesn't. In this, in this, he's, he plays a young dude. Brilliant. And he really looks... He doesn't seem to age, does he? No. Yeah, in fact, he looks young. He gets younger or something. He did. He looked pretty young. And he did really... I thought he did a really good job. He did. And, and you know, he plays this guy, Cleve Jones, who's a... What do you call him? He's like a... 
What do you call that? Like uh, somebody who can rouse people. Like, like he's an activist. Yeah, but he becomes an activist. He, he's, he's got a specific talent for getting people together. Like that, oh, that's yeah. what Milk likes about it. It's like a. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Like he says, you know, can you get fifteen hundred people together in an hour? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> of course I can. He's like, I don't know. He's like super charming, and and you actually get to see the real guy. He's got you? the vibe. Yeah. Anyway, he plays it really well, and you know, it, another instance where you're not totally behind the character you don't know all the details of his life and yet just even watching the moments you do get with him you get a lot because Hirsch I think does such a good job of every the mannerisms and he's really good and I'd like I don't know what I'd like to see I'd like to see him like he was into the into the wild he was himself I don't know I never heard anything about that movie though Mm -hmm. I mean he won awards and stuff probably freaked people out yeah Probably. Anyway, uh, then third is uh, Josh Brolin as Dan White. And watching Josh Brolin in this, he's always good for me. He's kind of like one of them ones who... It crept up on me, because I didn't really know who he was. Like, And then, you know... No, no Country... Con- well, when I watched this, I, it just made me think, I want to watch No Country for Old Men again. Oh, me too. I like, I was that. watching anything, and I want to watch yes. that again. Like, Thinking of the desert scene, and the truck, and the, just everything. the crazy guy. The guy I- give, telling the guy in the store to pick... And obviously Planet Terror, he was in there. Yes, um, he was brilliant good. in Planet, Planet Terror. Oh yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he snuck up on me because I didn't really know who he was, and now every time he's on, I'm like, wow, it's Ooh. him. I love him. Like, you know, he's like, a, I don't know. He, he, and he, in this, I swear, they just went back in time and got Josh Brolin from the seventies. <laughs> just put him in it because, like, he was the best seventies-looking guy I've ever he was. seen. He, he looked, just looked like he was from the with 70s. the hair parted. It was everything about him, like. He, he, just looked like a 70s guy. He did, he really did. And I was like, some of the people kind of looked like they had wigs on and like made up like 70s guys, but him, I was Speaking like... Speaking of like Hirsch, he... Hirsch did. <laughs> that was the one I was thinking of. The perm. That's and, not his problem. And Franco's perm in the front looked a little... Well, like, Josh Bowling come on, I was like, now there's a 70s guy. You know, it's, it's like <laughs> Burt Reynolds from the 70s, you know. He did. But less hair. And he played his... The way about him is that... This this part isn't... I mean, there's not... Oh, yeah, who plays... His role is vital, obviously, throughout the movie. He's kind of the foe of Milk's ag- advocacy. Ad- advocacy? <laughs> advocacy? Advocacy? He's like the opposite. And throughout, you get a slow burn of this guy. You don't understand why or the intensity of if, if, whether he's prejudiced or what his personal issues are or whatever it is. But there's a very slow, subtle... Um, build up unwinding, of resentment. Yes, unwinding. But you don't even see that. It's just barely in him. When in fact, he interacts with Milk every yeah. once in a while, he'll, like the one time when he says, you will not humiliate me, and then he just sort of walks away. Because he's very polite all the time to him. Until he's starting like a, to, you're right, unraveling is a good way to say So, yeah, you know, this is obviously full of good performances. Then there's James, James, James Franco. Franco. As Scott Smith, who is... A love interest. Yeah, one of few, one of a few, or one of a couple <laughs> love interests of Harvey Milk, and um, he he plays it well. I think. I think that if I were, what do you think about a gay man? What do you think about non-gay guys having to kiss each other? Doesn't bother me. I no, was I mean, thinking, doesn't bother me. No, I, I don't. No, it doesn't bother you. I mean, <laughs> how hard would that be to do? Do you think? To I make could, it look, to make it actually look right. I could kiss another woman, no problem. 
No, to make it look like... I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about... No, but you're saying, like, how hard would it be for two men no, who I'm aren't ta- gay to kiss each other, but they're actors. Yes, they are. And I could kiss another bloke, but I don't think it would look like I was into <laughs> it, if you know what I'm saying. That's why they're actors. That's why they get paid a lot no, of money. I just find... I just feel that that might be... Because there are some scenes of... They channel emotion, and the emotion that you have for the person you're with isn't going to be any different, whether it's a man or I think or it's a bit weird, though, on set sometimes when they're doing that. Do you See, is that your prejudice? Is that a prejudice coming out there? No, not at all. No, I'm saying, do you For thi- them. For them, yeah. Like, Is it, is it also... Because if you think I'm being prejudiced, no, I'm not. But is it also weird for a woman like Angelina Jolie to kiss some other bloke passionately, like James McAvoy? Are you comparing them then? Because I would say it's all the same. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not. Well, you start off with that. Well, you start off with oh, a guy kissing a guy isn't that weird? No, I'm talking about anything. Like, well, that's not what you said though. So I'm just saying. Well, I did did just say that. (laughs) No, in the beginning, your question was. Two guys, two blokes who aren't gay kissing each other, wouldn't that be a little weird? I think it would be more than a little weird. So it's not the same as Angelina Jolie kissing somebody else? No, I think that's probably the same too if you're married to somebody like... Yes. That's what I was getting at. She's married to Brad Pitt and then she has to be a passionate kiss with not just a friendly kiss. I'm not sure that's what you were getting at originally. You were talking about two guys who aren't attracted to men in real life. No, I actually was, but I didn't said the second part. So what I'm saying is, don't you think... I think it's the same. No, I well, I disagree, and I think it must be really difficult. Like, I bet those scenes are hard to do. I bet they have closed sets. You know, I bet there's not 40 people watching that. They have closed sets on any nude scenes or anything like that, don't they? Mm, not all, but I would say all the classier ones. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking that would be really tricky. Even as an actor, though, because it's not in your... If you're not gay... Yeah, but if you're not a serial killer, you play one in a movie... And that might be hard. You're not you. really killing. Somebody. That might be hard for you too, though. Also, like some of the stuff that you. Have been I just think to that's do. part of acting. I I have no dispute that it's part of acting. I was, I was just say, asking you about it. No, I don't think it's weird, and I don't think it would feel weird because that would be what you're doing, you know. But what I was going to say is, if I were a gay man or a gay actor, I think I'd be irritated that none of these men who play all of these gay men in this movie are actually gay. How do you know they're not? True. Some of them might be. Is Sean Penn? I have no idea. Josh Brolin? I don't know anything about their sex lives. <laughs> I know. You know what I'm saying. No, I don't know. They might be. I don't... I, They're not. See, I, I assume that some of them might be. You think Emile Hirsch is? Um, I don't know which ones, but I thought that... Of they those were. four main people. Um, I don't know. Sean Penn isn't. That we're aware of. Josh Brolin isn't. And what I'm saying is they're not four men who have come out in Hollywood to say they're gay. So if I am a gay actor in Hollywood and I'm very good or I'm mod- I think I'm good and yet here are these four straight men playing these pivotal gay man roles. Yeah, but who are irritated. the gay famous men though? Elton John. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same movie, would it? Elton John as Harvey Milk. <laughs> it's not going to be not going to be an Oscar winner that one, right? I don't know that. Don't he know. could be quite good. I don't know. <laughs> seen, I'm just saying. Have you seen Tommy? What? No, I haven't actually. <laughs> he, he wears big boots. They're about this big, and he hey. stands on something and sings. Yeah, it's not. It's pretty much Alan John. But anyway, um, they, yeah, there are some there are some love scenes in here. So, but they're not graphic or anything. But no, there's, no, no. Lot, there's men kissing. Let's, let's just say that was what we're getting at. Yeah, but 
If we're talking about people not having a hang-up about it, why is that even an issue? I'm not saying it's an issue. I'm just saying I was, uh, you know, you know what I was asking you. Kind of, but not really. Okay. I think I was, that's a I was deep-seated... Actually, no, you're, if you're accusing me no, of being a deep-seated... No, I'm accusing you of uh, <laughs> something. You're no, it's still a thing where you think there's something odd or weird or uncomfortable about two men having a, an intimate relationship. Absolutely not. But uh, so there's something uncomfortable for me for two men having an intimate relationship who are straight. That's it's uncomfortable was... for you to watch. No, it's, it must be uncomfortable okay. for them because that was my whole point. Okay, and I don't think it is. I, I don't care. I watch men <laughs> suck each other off. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> is this what you do when I'm not around? What I'm saying is, if, <laughs> if if you put on a video of men having sex, it actually wouldn't offend me. Right. Because you know, like, it's just. It's just sex. I know. That's what I'm saying. So no, uh, that's not. So two actors kissing each other doesn't bother me. I just, at all. I just, it, no. I, watching it is nothing. I, well, I'm saying uh, that you've got me wrong. Completely. No, I get what you're saying, but why would it even occur to them to be uncomfortable? They're just actors. Because it has to. Like if if I if you put me if you say to me, okay, we're just gonna do a bit of acting. <laughs> so uh, you phone my friend Brian up and say, Brian, come over. We're just gonna do some acting. So Paul, can you just. Uh, tongue kiss Brian there's something you, you, you look at each other and like it's it's not something that you totally because James Franco and uh, James Franco and Sean Penn might be best friends in real life and suddenly they have to kiss each other with tongues like it there's got to be something I guess if you attach meaning to it but I just don't think that you would I, I just I just think it's not the most natural thing that you might be doing like with you know because you're not actually Homosexual, right? Right. So it doesn't occur to you to do that. So but I can when... only say it enough times. They're actors. That's what they do. And that's... My point was, yes, they're actors. And secondly... They're people. They're people as well, yeah. Because when you say no, no, it won't be weird at all. Of course it would be. I don't think it would be for everyone, no. Well, I think not it's for part everyone. of what they do. I'd like to see... They kiss strangers. They get naked with other women who aren't their wives. I always think all that must be weird. All of it. You know? Mm. I mean, it's not just part of... Not something you do every day, right? They go like... um, You mean like Kate Winslet being directed by her own husband in a movie where she's completely naked with a young man? With 30 30 (laughs) crew watching a naked... (laughs) And he's on her and touching her. That's not like every day, oh, it's just acting. You know? To her husband it was. He just said, just do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so That's some people something. doesn't bother. Anyway, last but not least, because there's a lot of people in this movie, is Diego Luna as Jack Lira, and this is the guy from the Terminal. Is what I remember him from. Oh yeah, he was the baggage him. handler in the Terminal. He was really good in this. Yeah, he was really good in this. It too. was also like one a of those sweet character. Yeah. Kind of tragic and and desperate and but he did his again the details of the mannerisms here and there were just. I was annoyed by him because of how he was. He was another one with bad wig, like a yeah. Well, no, I think that was his hair. Yeah, but not good. Um, I thought that one was better than the others, to be honest. Yeah, but I liked his. I felt for his character, even though I found him to be really needy and desperate, and I understood more about Harvey Milk through his relationship with that guy, (laughs) as he was needy. And how that related to Harvey's desire for everyone to be treated more fairly. Because at one point, his ex-boyfriend says, what's up with this guy? You know, he seems a little desperate or whatever. And he's like, well, he needs me. Right. And that was enough for him to keep this guy stable and, and happy. 
even though it wasn't necessarily what he wanted, but it made him happier. So it told me a lot. And because the guy did such a good job, I thought. Oh, yeah, he was good. Really good. And there are a lot of other people in this movie, especially that guy who I kept saying, he was that guy, but I couldn't find him on the list. Mm. And the girl, the woman, I, I don't know her name either, but I, thought I really liked her too. I think she is Alison Pill. Yes, And she that's played her. Anne Cronenberg. Yes, she was really good. And, um, yeah, and there was a ton of people in it, um, but these are the main ones. Um, and it's directed by Gus Van Sant, who most people will know. He directed Elephant, Goodwill Hunting, Jerry, My Own Private Idaho, lots of movies. I don't think a lot of people would have heard of Jerry <laughs> or Elephant. No, maybe not, but Goodwill Hunting probably totally, is. Yeah. And My Own Private Idaho was a big one in its time. Another gay movie. Has it? He's surely done some others that are bigger. I mean, like, you know, I thought. Oh, probably. Like, um. Bigger, um, not bigger, but I mean, you know. Oh, and, and just to put, just to say, Gus Van Sant is also gay. Mm-hmm. So, you know. His sensibility to the issue might be different than somebody else's. Correct. Uh, other movies he made, uh, ones that I didn't list there, was um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers' greatest videos, because he Fabulous. must have done some of their videos. Psycho, <laughs> the remake of Psycho with um, Vince Vaughn. I actually thought that was good in a weird way. I watched it on Hulu one day <laughs> with Anne Hesch and Vince Vaughn. Right. I liked the way it was filmed. It was very artsy or something. Not the greatest remake, but no. it was weird. Finding Forrester was another one, if you remember that one. I haven't seen it. Yeah, you have. We watched it. It Did was I? Um, it was Sean, Sean Connery right. and the young man Ghost Dog. You're guy. right. <laughs> um, and what else? Even cowgirls get the blues. Did you see that one? No. Uh, how about? This sounds like a movie from like 1942. Even the cowgirls. Drugstore cowboy was. I have not seen that. That's Matt Dillon, right? Drugstore cowboy. As Gus Van Sant, he directed that as Gus Van Sant Jr. Yes. And uh, Five Ways to Kill Yourself. That's it, really. So, biggest ones, I imagine, was um, Goodwill Hunting and uh, Psycho. <laughs> right. I mean, big Hollywoodish type ones, but he's done other movies like that. So what are you waving at? <laughs> I was good. You said I could stop at some point and go uh, stir the dinner. All right, I will. Uh, if you if you're quick, I will get on to DVD yes. extras. So there are three. Oh well, this is the uh, Blu-ray disc that we watched, um, and there's only three DVD extras. It's really weird because this is a universal Blu-ray disc, and there are no um, you control. Well, there's BD Live, but no U-Control. Anyway, um, the first extra is Remembering Harvey, Meet the Man Known as Milk, as only his closest friends could know him through revealing film clips, <laughs> photos, and stories. Are you, are you pretending to be the, the DVD update? DVD updater. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> so the first one is Remembering Harvey. These three shorts are actually all pretty short, like ten minutes at the most mm. each. The first one is... Like I just said, it's his closest friends talking about the man himself, Milk. Interestingly enough, Sean Penn doesn't appear in any of these extras, Mm -hmm. which is strange. Um, The second extra, and that was actually a decent extra, that first one. They they, they both were. Because you saw the real people who are being played in this movie, which is really cool. I always like to see the real people. Oh, me too, totally. And then the second one is Hollywood Comes to San Francisco which is the cast and the crew share their stories from the set. Now, this is actually better than just patting each other on the back, talking heads. 
because they actually do talk about what happened while they were filming. Again, no Sean Penn. Yeah. But Josh Brolin talks, and so does Franco, Franco and Emil Hirsch. Uh, marching for equality, uh, sit down with key figures from Milk's life as they reflect on the marches of the 70s. That one was another good... Really good. Now, the Hollywood Comes to San Francisco one, the second one I mentioned, is the one where they stood on the streets, actually, where where they're actually mm-hmm. doing the march thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it talks to the, the guy who plays... The real-life guy who Emile Hirsch plays. Right. Um, and then there is... The BD Live features, which turned out... Hey, what do we say about BD Live on this Universal Disc? It worked it flawlessly. Worked. It worked. Actually, it, it updated. We went to the milk page, and there was three deleted it scenes. connected. So, if, so, yes, there are deleted scenes. Three. Uh, but they're only available through BD Live, so they're not on the disc. But they work fine. And um, that's it. Now, I'm a bit, bit disappointed. Um, the... I think the movie looked absolutely great all the way through. Uh, this is a mixture of footage too, so like some might look really high definition and some might not, but I think it all held up. Looks really good as a movie. Um, the sound was good. So the crowd, crowd scenes and everything, I felt really like good. I was in a room full of people. Um, I'm a bit disappointed there's no commentary, and I'm a bit disappointed that Sean Penn's nowhere to be seen. I don't, you know. Well, it's his prerogative. It is, but uh, I mean, even what could he add? Also, Gus Van Sant is nowhere to be seen. True. Apart from, like, they showed you some clips of him, but he never really spoke. So, um, I feel like this might have just been pushed out the door. There might be an extra duper super special edition down the road somewhere, like, and I've, when it's ten years old or something. Yeah. Because I do say, what do you think of the cover, by the way? Um, I like it. I don't like the... <laughs> Are we boring you? <laughs> I don't like... <laughs> You're walking off and now you're funny. Yeah, I don't like the American classic thing across the middle with the four stars. Who says that? Peter Travis from Rolling Stone. I don't think that shouldn't be part of the movie promotional material. No. But I like that the white, the blue with the white milk on it and then just this kind of cheesy 70s picture is good. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, it's good. Uh, extras are a bit lackluster. There's no commentary. Um, but I, I must say the the... It looks really good, high definition. Very nice uh, quality. Um, but you could probably not go... You'd probably be all right with the DVD as well, wouldn't you? Oh, totally, yes. Because the free deleted scenes that are available on BD Live, they're not worth the extra no. admission price. Unless they... Maybe they'll add some more stuff in there, because that does happen. It's just we always forget to go back in the in the future and have a look, go back in the future. Yeah, why would you, though? Why would you just well, randomly I, go go up If I pull that movie out to watch it in two years' time and connect to BD Live... Will it have new stuff, or will it just be the same? I don't know. Yeah, but is that my motivation to go watch it again so I can crap, look at crap on... No, it isn't. It's stupid. Anyway, conclusion. <laughs> um, like I said last week, Milk, uh, we've had a re- good run of movies. I feel that this fits into the good run of totally. movies again. I'd recommend anybody to see it if... You know, if you're a closed-minded gay hater or whatever, maybe, maybe watch it and get some... <laughs> different perspective on things because take a look at your life first of all yeah figure out why you're such a dickhead <laughs> but even if you're not into like gay rights or whatever because you know it doesn't appa- it doesn't apply no. to me it doesn't apply to you I can understand somebody with a cause no matter what the cause is and be 
interested and inspired by somebody who follows that through, you know? Very well said. Um, so that is what I took away from the movie, to be honest. Totally. Um, and with that said, that I would you, recommend it When to you, you think of something that is right in this world and you actually, the very few people in reality who really put try themselves and out there at whatever cost. Yep. We take for granted things that we have and that we can do and all that anybody, you know what I mean? And I find that very inspiring, yes. So... With all that said, I recommend this movie. Highly. You know, it didn't win an Oscar for nothing. This is it's good, <laughs> very good. It's quality. So um, we're going to move on to movie recommendations, and I'd put down um, my first recommendation to be Jerry, which is another Gus Van Sant movie that I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. It's um, Ben Affleck. And, no, no, not Ben Affleck. Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. Damon. Matt and Matt Damon. And it's a story of t- two guys who get lost, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way In to like put it. In like the desert. Just go on a walk mm-hmm. and they completely get lost. And it's a survival tale. It's like the ultimate Chevy Chase coming over the hill movie, isn't it? <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> but not funny. <laughs> no, we, when we say the Chevy Chase coming over the hill movie, we're talking about like this scene in... Vacation when he has the pants on his head and he comes over the dune and, and he's, he's like, like, "Oh, sweating and he's thirsty." <laughs> he's so any any movie that features somebody sweating <laughs> or thirsty in the desert, I immediately think of that. So yes, you do. But anyway, that's what Jerry is. Um, it is not. I mean, no, Jerry's not, not. He's not funny or anything. No, so it's, it's the ultimate. It's an Chevy Chase coming over the hill movie. It is not. It is an independent movie. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not a comedy. It's not a survival movie. It is it kind something of is else. a survival movie. I I would class it as a survival movie. Mm. I mean, not in a way of like. Let's call the, get Gus and ask him what he thinks. I would totally class it as that. It's, I think it's a drama. It is a drama, but it's it's like two guys who have no food, no water, no anything, and they're lost. True. So they're true. surviving. That's the deal. Um, and the other movie, that was by Gus Van Sant, that was the link to that one. And the other movie that I wanted to recommend was Raging Bull, because like, I wanted to pick another biopic, as mm. you call it. And r- what better one than Raging Bull? Mm. You know? Do you, do you like Raging Bull? I've only seen it once, and I remember being sort of, you know, like... One it's of intense. I was young, so I was like in awe of it, and I haven't seen it since, but... Uh, my recommendations are Elephant, which we already mentioned, by Gus Van Sant, which is, again, a uh, unique perspective on, like, a school shooting kind of movie, but it's not what you expect at all. So, it's not a normal standard drama, it's not, it's got a unique... Fly on the wall, I would say. Fly on the wall, It's like very following much. people around. It feels feel like it. a documentary, <clears throat> almost, but in a... In a Ominous and it's very really out to watch. uncomfortable way, yes. But it's good. I mean, it's quality. You Again, he looks at people in a way you don't normally see in movies. So I, I like that. And uh, my other one is Silkwood. Because I thought, I mean, it's a quality movie. Yes, it's from a long time ago. But it's also about someone who, without her, Karen Silkwood's wasn't so much I'm going to be an activist. It was something is wrong here with this, with What's going on where she worked, you know, like a nuclear plant, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. 
and she just didn't give up on like something is wrong and then of course she becomes targeted and because she's sort of shaking up the status quo and uh <laughs> so that was I recommend Silkwood it's good good recommendations contest see the site for details correct com. next week's uh, DVD will be Happy Go Lucky on DVD is Oscar nominated movie from this year great um Happy Go Lucky Mike Lee's latest the British director nice um, you don't actually know anything about Happy Go Lucky. I have no idea. I get the, feel- get the feeling we're going to like it. <laughs> anyway, uh, games and A-Scully stuff. Okay, so... Dun, 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 dun. I've been waiting for a game called Killzone 2 um, from Amazon.com. It came out two weeks ago. I only just received it yesterday. Weird. Amazon.com. Nice one. Even though you pre-ordered it like six eight months, months ago. <laughs> I pre-ordered it eight months ago. It came out two weeks ago and I got it yesterday, so... Well done, Amazon.com. Anyway, Killzone.2... Killzone.2. No, Killzone <laughs> 2 is the second Killzone game. The first one wasn't very good. It was on the PS2. The second one is probably a bit better than that one. Um, anyway, we experienced the first, what, 20 minutes of Killzone 2 today on the home theater screen. You, as a non-gamer, uh, give your impressions. I was actually into the story. Like... I got right into. I don't totally understand it. It's not flushed out, obviously. But you're. I'm taking it. You're on a different planet, and you're battling somebody. And so I got into that. Like, what's the whole? What's the? What's the? Why is the war going on? First of all, so I was into that. It wasn't just sort of like a standard. Because the Brian Cox character comes on in the very beginning, and he's given some weird dictator speech, and then of course you're going there to battle his minions or whatever. Yeah, actually, so it opens up that. like the best. Um, yeah, it was really, like, really if, good. If that was a movie, and it looks really good. Yeah, if you was watching like a. But it did make my head hurt. Well, if you was watching like an actual movie, like a. a mm. uh, yeah, that story would be interesting in a movie. Right? That's what like I'm saying. Yeah, it drew me movie. in because that, and then you get you don't get to know anybody, obviously, but you are you become part of this little group of dudes and then it's just the two of you and you have to do these you know just like yeah well it starts so you're actually on the they have these cool like space station deals where floating in the air where they launch troops down to the battlefield which is the planet of Helgast which which is where this war is taking place and they kind of just drop them down on these like little trays with dudes on them don't they it's mm-hmm. kind of cool and then they all, then you all come in but anyway do you think the graphics live up to the hype and stuff. Do you? I don't know the hype, so I just well, can the, tell you. The hype with this game was. Well, I explain this to. Yeah, the but people. if I just talk about it as an innocent and say I just thought it looked amazing, I mean, I look. I think it looks like what I think games should look like anyway. So I don't have any hype. I always have it. this feeling of like. I mean, I play a lot of games, and that game looks different to other games. I mean, if I showed you Halo, three. Oh, I've seen it, yeah. Which is pretty cutting edge on the 360, or Gears of War even. That looks like... Does it look better because you were watching it on a nine-foot screen? No, it isn't that, I don't think. Because I've even seen clips on uh, the computer where I was like, really, is there that much detail? But then when I saw it up there, I was like... That's what I'm saying, you get such, you get to see every little thing. Plus like the physics and everything, because I loved a grenade. Right at the very beginning when I was trying to figure out the controls, we were on the beach... And there was a guy up on a gantry, and I, I said, oh, I wonder where the grenade... And I pressed the button, and a grenade flew up. And then the grenades have this, like, amazing explosion, like, this dust and dirt, and it's not just, like, a funny, like, circular, like, explosion. It's like a real... Ex- and, like, dust comes off, and the guy goes flying off, 
and then I blew a bridge up. I shot the, some explosives on a bridge, and the whole bridge blew up. And the like, it, all the dirt flies into the air. You don't generally see that. Mm. You generally see a canned kind of um, animated thing, fire thing that goes, and then it's gone. But this was like it carried on, like, and then he was trying to shoot the guys, and you couldn't see because there was black smoke there and stuff. It. I just thought it looked. I don't know. It's um. Anyway, the hype. What I was talking about was. Like, before the PlayStation 3 existed, when Sony were trying to sell the PlayStation 3 to everybody, they said, hey, look, we're going to have this game called Killzone 2. And here it is. This was at E3. And they showed this five-minute, which was essentially what you just saw. The movie. The, you know, the... Opening not, sequence. Not, not, the, not the opening sequence with Cox. Me playing it for the first five minutes. Them coming down, running about and shooting. That part. They showed that. And it was... Later later on, it was leaked out that that wasn't really the game. It was CG footage that they put together to kind of show you what Killzone 2 might look like. But right. they kind of said, this is it. So everybody went, holy shit, really? Is that what it looks like? I actually feel that it looks really like it. In fact, what we should do for next week, talk about this, is I should pull up that old video from 19 mm. and we should compare see, to see if it... Watch them both. Because I, I feel that they pretty... It feels like a CG movie to me. What? Does it to you? Um, yeah, I mean, there's still the human physics thing about the mouth and the eyes and the weird stiff necks and stuff like that, which you probably just accept because you're a gamer. But I notice because it's not an animated human. It is a game oh, yeah. human. So that stands out to me. But even Pixar... Okay, subtle. Um... Yes, they have Don't a hard time with right but, but they're better, obviously. So no, to me it's not to the CGI movie level, but it is backgrounds and objects, yes. I and do. running and groups of people motivating, yes. But when you get down to the individual person, and the like, eye movements and stuff, they're really good. Much better than they used to be. They're not, because they show Brian Cox's character really up close. Yeah, they do. Now that's just footage, it's not in the game or anything, but... Looks loads better than they used to. But, like, you know when they showed you that footage at the beginning with Brian Cox, the whole intro movie? And then when the intro movie ended, and the Kills on 2 screen come up, and then you say new game, I was thinking, well, it can't match up to those graphics, sure. Well, it was the same. But it was the same. I yeah. was like, really? Because the, the fir- you get out of your bed, that's the, the first scene, and he looks in the mirror. I was like, okay, it really is like that. Because I was thinking... Yeah. When you're watching that beginning scene, and they usually kind of jip you, don't they? they? They show you some amazing intro scene, and then you start the game, and it's like, okay, this this doesn't look like that. I'm not a hardcore gamer, so yeah. I well, I usually yeah. usually go, wow, wow, wow. Oh, okay, no, okay. We have no, to take, we have to step this down a bit because they obviously couldn't do that. But I feel like they did that. So, yeah, that was seem to me there was no difference. Um, possibly, I, I've only literally only played twenty minutes of it now. I think it. It's definitely the best-looking shooter I've ever seen. So it might be the best-looking game I've ever seen. And the actual shooting is like spot on, like the fit. You know, the, like it was. Yeah, you can zoom in with your scope. You can throw grenades. You can get uncover behind stuff. And it all felt really well. And I'm not very used to the PlayStation controller, and I felt at home straight away. So I can imagine I'm going to enjoy it. Anyway, we go up to a certain point. And then all these dudes, all these dudes <laughs> appeared in these windows. I ducked behind something and I took a rocket in the, in the face. Yeah, right in the face, it came straight at, <laughs> straight at the screen. Like. And that's where I said, "Oh, we better stop now," because you motion sickness. It does give me a little motion sickness. But anyway, I and I'm tough broad. I can't recommend that highly enough. Um, 
if you're into cutting edge games. I mean, the PlayStation 3 is kind of starting to pick up steam. Um, hopefully they can maintain that kind of uh, level of stuff, you know. That's took five years to make that game, though, so... Right. With five years and billions of dollars and Sony behind you, you can probably make something good, can't you? Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was Lost and Damned on the 360, which is the new GTA that I mentioned last week. I finished it this week. I want to say it's amazing. It took me 20 hours to finish it. Um, got all the achievements. Uh... I must say, if you do finish it, stick around for the credits, because it's possibly the best credit sequence I've ever seen. It's um, a flyover of the city, over Liberty City. And as the camera's flying over Liberty City, a lot of the stuff that took place, not in this game, in Nico's game, Grand Theft Auto 4, is taking place. Ah. So as the camera pans over like the construction yard... It's when Nico's chasing a guy across the construction yard in the mission, but you see him running across. Wow. And then there, then it pans down to this one critical part of Grand Theft Auto 4 where Nico takes Vlad to the... to the Well, he chases Vlad to the uh, dockyards and he puts his gun up and shoots Vlad because Vlad's double-crossed him and stuff. And Vlad falls into the water. And as the camera's panning, you see Nico shoot Vlad and Vlad fall. So Nico's in more than one place at once. Yeah, it shows you all these different stuff. Okay. But it shows you <laughs> Vlad go into the water and then the camera pans back a bit and uh, Johnny and the motorcycle gang are just going past at that moment. All right. So it makes me feel like I want to play GTA 4, experience that, and, <laughs> and have a look quick to see if they really did go past, you know. <laughs> so it's all tied together. And I just thought that ending was real class-like because... You hadn't really seen Nico in this game, even though they said he's going to be in it. He was, but very minimal. But there he is in the entire credits. Basically, every single thing he did big, he does. So all it did is make you want more. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I would pay an, I would pay twenty dollars every month if they could put out an episode. <laughs> so if they would make like an MMORPG of GTA, is that was called. See, I don't know if that's where it should go. <laughs> But if it was just a single-player story that I could have another one every month that's 20 hours long, I would always pay for that. I mean... Don't tell them that. They'll do it. I, I would like them to hear that. <laughs> um, anyway, there's another episode coming. And it's supposed to come about November time, so we'll see. Um, and then this week is Resident Evil 5 week. comes out on Friday. Um, it's Resident Evil 5. What more do you need to know? You'll know more next week when yep. I tell you about it. Um, I'm excited for that one. I like the Resident Evil movies, stories, games, everything. And this one looks very cool. It's a co-op game, so you play it with your friend over live and you experience it all together, you know? And it doesn't make me uncool because I like the movies that were made from a video game. I think they're actually I actually really like movie. the movies. Yeah. Because the movies are... They use the, the idea of Resident Evil, but they don't steal the characters. It's in a different well, they way, do a little yeah. bit, but Jill Valentine does appear in the second... Ugh. Uh, and a, you know, and the the cover to Resident Evil Five is Chris Redfield at Jill Valentine's grave. So maybe you got your wish, and she's gone. <laughs> uh, and then the last game I've been playing this week is Tom Clancy's Hawks, which is um, a flight, not a flight sim, like an arcade flight game where you're a plane and you shoot stuff. It's pretty cool. I played two missions this afternoon. Um, it's got co-op. It's it's a flight game. I can't never get 100% excited about them, but I'll play them. Right. Like, I'll play it through, but I'm never like, I can't wait for the next flight game. So, it's Tom Clancy's Hawks. If you're into flying, 
you know, you're flying F-15s and stuff with, like, mega missiles on, and you can lock on, and you can... Blow up everything. Dogfight, yeah. Uh, and that's that one. Um, My turn. What's yeah. for dinner? We've already discussed bad ratatouille, so we won't go there again. What's for dinner tonight? Curry. Chicken. Favorite, chicken curry, and my famous rice, and I'm going to bake What did we have last night? Oh, last night was interesting. Good. It doesn't have a name. We had tofu, <laughs> mushroom, spaghetti. Yes, with a roasted vegetable. I actually don't in. mind tofu every now and again, but I don't think I could live on it. No, no, no not regular, but I liked it because I chop it in small pieces, freeze it, thaw it, drip it, saute it with onions and uh, mushrooms, and then I made a little bit of, like kind of white sauce that went on the pasta and I roasted vegetables which was like parsnip carrot uh, squash etc and that's all it doesn't have a name I like it. I like that it says on the uh, cheat sheet curry and orange cake <laughs> yeah like it's like a one thing <laughs> now mm. I'm gonna bake an orange cake later and then I don't really have anything else to say except you know what I was talking to my niece who's 23 I believe 24 and a young woman at work who's also 24 and you know what can we just cut all the bullshit menstruation jokes and comments about women Which from niece now is this? on my niece Ashley Well she was saying this Well in the office you know if a woman's in a bad mood or whatever oh, they then say she's going to say are you on the rag Yeah yeah What the fuck is your problem seriously do you people have to live perpetually like you're 12 years old? Because I'm sick of it. And what you can say, your 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 rebuttal can be, <laughs> yeah. I've had a hysterectomy, how could I be on the rag, you tits? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just think, and I get comments <laughs> like that, like, oh, is it that time of month? And I'll just look at people, and this will be like a 28-year-old man with some kind of fucking superiority complex, like, oh, so, okay, what am I supposed to say to you when you are having... Uh, we have an opinion or have something that's contrary to what everybody else what is there a counterpart to that is there a male time of the month that I can refer to to put you down no it is you being superior and thinking it's funny and it is not and if you're one of those men think about it when you say it and if you think I'm telling you oh we can't say anything because everybody's so sensitive okay is this really such an issue that you think it's important to constantly point out that we have uh, period, or that that could be the reason why we have an opinion, or why we disagree with you, or why we want to tell you to go take a flying leap because you're acting like a jerk. Okay, so and I'm, no, it's not my time of the month because I have had a hysterectomy. You know, so when, I have no reason. You know, when uh, Harvey Milk got on his little box with soap written on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna pull yours away from you. <laughs> okay. Oh, is that what's that supposed to mean? Exactly uh, what, what it says. It, <laughs> I'm just saying that one particular thing needs to go away. So, if you're a civilized human being and you're listening to this, think it over. Amen, brother. <laughs> okay, so... Brother? Yep. I what mean, does that mean? I mean <laughs> okay, so, moving on to um, thanks for listening to our show. Thanks for listening. We, we love uh, listeners. And we... Uh, we love them all. We love you all. And Ace Gully has shown his interest in some sort of, like, man-man kissing experimentation, I think. Is that what you were getting at earlier? So, you know... <laughs> I'll try it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so uh, I just want to remind you about our website, ascully.com. I like that your your site is always before mine. <laughs> yeah, you always I say I still it. read mine first because I have an alphabetical order thing in my head. Sid Talk. Okay, so it's ascully.com, sidtalk.com, or you can go to twitter.com slash ascully, twitter.com slash sidtalk to follow us on Twitter and listen to our weekly 
well, daily, hourly yeah, stuff. Whatever. Um, and then you can also go to the group on Facebook.com to search for After the Show Movie Podcast. And you can also play me on Xbox Live on uh, if you just look up the game attack A Scully Live. Um, what else do we have? We a Scully Underline Live or A Scully Live? Just A Scully Live. All one word, capital A at the beginning. A S C U L L Y, not A S K U L L Y. No. Um, you can also find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, and the RSS feed. You can just. The RSS feed? I don't, <laughs> it's the RSS feed, and you can go to com, click on the link podcast at the top. And we'd and like to thank our sponsors. Oh, we have no sponsors. Sponsors are ourselves. It's just the sponsors a- are that beer, what you're drinking. <laughs> we don't want to say their name because they're not our sponsor. And my glass of delicious water. <laughs> That's what we'll call We'll say we're sponsored by Pure Water Filters. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Etsy.com so uh, I just want to say you can email feedback to ascoli but not sidtalk.com and <laughs> I want to say uh, stay classy and if you're gay keep on being gay keep on keep on keep on, keep keep on. on. <laughs> I think that's probably insulting but whatever that's not I'm insulting at all I'm saying if you're gay keep on being gay and don't listen to anybody's exact, shit exactly don't take anybody's crap that's what I'm saying and I say think for yourself think for yourself live the way you gotta live because somebody else will do it for you or tell you how to do it <laughs>